Welcome back to Single Minded. I am your host, Hannah First. And I'm your co-host, Linda. How are you going, Hannah? I am very, very tired today. I'm about to have a nap as soon as we get off this call. thought I'd give you a bit of an update with what's been happening in Thailand. This episode won't be coming out until January. We're trying to wrap up all the episodes before we go on holidays. So anyway, I got my test results back, which last time on the last episode, I hadn't got the test results back. I got my test results back within about three hours and I was free to go. So I got in a taxi, went to a mall, like a shopping mall and got a massage. And I swear she's bruised my bottom bone. <gasps> the, she's bruised the bone at my bottom <laughs> Oh, God. I got to, I got on the flight to Koh Samui and then from Samui got on a ferry to Koh Phangan. And then at the ferry, I met this really funny English girl and we got on really well. So, was chatting to her like the whole time we were waiting and then we took a speedboat over to Copenhagen and she was like, I've come over for full moon party. And I just was like, no way, I'm not going to full moon party. Anyway, didn't take much convincing. What is full moon party? <laughs> it's basically thousands of people on a beach dancing, drinking out of buckets. Ugh, buckets. Yes. And it's always pretty wild and there's lots mm. of face painting. But this year, obviously, it's on a much smaller scale because there's just not the same number of people. But mm. I was like quite remote. My bungalow was quite remote. So I had to walk in the dark on my own into town it was a little bit scary yes. and I got to town and I got a taxi to Hadrin and then once I got there, I was waiting for this girl to arrive so I didn't really know what to do and I was sitting at a bar just like on the Wi-Fi waiting for this girl to come and this, I swear, he was couldn't have been older than 18, comes over to me and sits himself down <laughs> and starts chatting me up. His his friend looked his friend I, they couldn't have been more than eighteen if that. But did you have your bunny ears on at that stage? No, I didn't. Didn't oh, have the bunny ears. With those on. bunny ears on in Instagram, you look eighteen as well. Yeah, so maybe that's why he came. Well, the girl that I met on the boat, she said she's like, oh, she's like, babe, you should just lie about your age. Just say you're twenty five. <laughs> I haven't done that but but maybe I will that's called kitten fishing we don't do that yeah so I don't know about that <laughs> then I ended up meeting up with this girl and all of her friends and her and I were like oh let we wanted to go right into the dance floor to dance and mm. then I saw this Israeli guy we start chatting nothing happens and then like once you lose people because there's thousands of people on the beach you kind of don't see them again but I did run into him again at another part of the beach we did have have a little pash and he sent me a message. I basically left. I ghosted all the people I was hanging out with. <laughs> I just was like, I've got to go to the health retreat tomorrow. So I kind of ghosted, got in a ta – it's a – not really. It's like a truck where they like – they put you in the back of the truck. Yeah, I went back to my hotel. But he sent me a message. I'd already left and I sent it to you, Mum, because I thought it was really cute. I know. Remember, he's Israeli. He's Israeli. So he said, "Shalom. Where are you up to?" <laughs> and I said, "Hi." I thought that was so cute. Is he as sexy as Duron from Fowder? <laughs> I don't think Duron from. If, I don't think he's sexy. Come so I'm going to say yes. He's my sexy. He's as sexy as Duron. There was a lot of sexy. I didn't know where to look. There were so many hot guys. Is he heading somewhere else? You'll never see him again. Um, I've got his Instagram, but I don't know. It's just a just a full moon patch. So that's the dating update. Sounds a lot more exciting than my babysitting. <laughs> anyway, I'm at the health retreat now. I've never been to this health retreat, so I'm a little bit – I always get a bit nervous the first couple of days alone at a health retreat. But anyway, going to do yoga twice a day, eat two vegan meals a day, Get fit, yeah. Trying to reset. 
Have you had a chance to meet anyone there or you've just arrived? No, I just arrived. So you'll get into it tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to have a little nap, go get a massage and then maybe tomorrow get up early for yoga and I just want to read on the beach to be totally honest with you for the next few days. I've had enough mm. I've had enough excitement in 24 hours at the full moon <laughs> party and now I'm ready to just chill. I did see the video and I thought, "Oh my goodness, can't believe you're doing that again." <laughs> Still enjoying it, still young at heart. Yeah, well, you know what? I I felt like I had to go and check it out after COVID. Like, yeah, I didn't know what it was going to be like. Anyway, talking about first kisses because that comes up in the recording Mm. with Rav. So I'm chatting to Rav Randawa, who you would have heard in a previous episode. Her and I have become friends, Instagram friends, and then we've actually met up and had a coffee when she was in Melbourne. And we were talking about kind of the highs and lows of being single. We were talking about that in person and we decided that we wanted to make it a podcast episode because I thought it would be really relatable to all the single gals listening. So let's get into the interview. Very excited. We have a return guest, Rav Randawa. She, you came on for an episode where your husband ghosted you. It actually has been one of our like highest downloaded episodes because Spotify put it into one of their playlists, yeah. Chats with Friends. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, it did really, really well. And then Rav and I became friends off the back of that episode and we like mm-hmm. chat a lot on Instagram and we talk a lot about dating. And then Rav came to Melbourne, we caught up for a coffee and we just couldn't stop talking. And the stuff that we were talking about was so relevant to being single and to the podcast. And I just was like, we have to talk about this on the podcast in a bit more of a structured format. So I'm really excited to have you back. I'm excited to be here. And yeah, it doesn't surprise me that a lot of people listen to that episode because I feel like everyone just loves a shit show dating story. Yeah, marriage totally. story in this instance. 100%. So today we're talking about the highs and lows of single life because I feel like people either like shit talk being single or they're like really happy or even they want people to know that they're happy being single, except that for me, single life is just like married life. I think it's up and down and it's never always 100% amazing. So I think it would hopefully be relatable to people and hopefully make them feel a bit more comforted in their Mm -hmm. feelings, which might be sometimes feeling really happy and sometimes feeling a bit neg about being single. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's a bit of a roller coaster ride. I know. So I thought Rav and I have basically chosen four highs and four lows and similar to the Emmy Pens episode we'll go through and we might have some crossover. I'm sure we will. Mm-hmm. I was going to start with my first high. So I think one of the best things about being single is there is so much freedom and independence. I have no responsibilities. I have pretty like minimal financial responsibilities, no kids, no mortgage, don't have to worry about anything really except me and as long as I don't overspend and buy too much shit that I don't need yeah you have no one to answer to and like if I want to go anywhere in the world and just pick up I mean pre and post COVID I can move overseas tomorrow if I want to there is no responsibility and that freedom is like I really cherish it and I don't take it for granted If you're single, don't ever take that freedom for granted Mm -hmm. because you may never be this free again. Yeah, totally. And it's funny that you say that because the one thing that I always bring myself back to whenever I'm feeling a little bit down in the dumps about being single is that the single days are so limited, right? Like it's so Mm -hmm. easy to get caught up in, oh, my God, like, you know, everyone else is in a relationship or whatever and Mm -hmm. I'm the one that's single. But when... I look at my friends who are in relationships, I feel like they're always looking at us and they're like, oh my God, don't take these days for granted, right? So yeah, Yeah. couldn't agree more with that. And I think, yeah, we just need to look at it as this is the smaller window that we have. It just feels like it's not at the moment. (laughs) It's also reframing it like, I think financial responsibility really scares me as well. Once you've got kids and a mortgage, you are really limited in the fact that like, you can't really just resign and be like, nah, because mm. if you're single and got savings, you can resign and go traveling for three to six months yeah. if you've planned that out. But if you have a mortgage and kids, you can't really just say like, nah, I, I can't be bothered with this right now. And that freedom is like priceless. Like it really yeah. is. 
Yeah, you're right. Like I was going to say, I wouldn't agree with that just because I, I do have a mortgage, but okay, yeah, I don't have kids. There are single people that do have mortgage, as I should say that. That's just for me that I've chosen not to. No, 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 but you're right. I can't resign. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I do yeah, think yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. So that, that part you are right about because I was stuck in a really shit job a few months ago and when I actually yeah. saw you, I was like in the little break period between switching jobs and I really struggled with being in a job that I really hated for a few months because I was yeah. like, fuck, I have a mortgage. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right on that part. But like, <laughs> but yeah. on the same on the same token, I I think for me the reason I've been putting off buying a place is mm. because particularly post-COVID, I just want to suck as much freedom as possible out of life until like I know I have to get responsible at some point, but mm. yes, but you could equally still, I guess, I think that the pressure with kids with financials is a little bit. Oh, totally. Yeah, I would have that in the back of my mind as something that I couldn't, like there's someone else more important than me. Yeah. If if I had kids, it would be totally different. Like I yeah. I wouldn't be doing half the shit I was doing now, <laughs> let alone like just upping and leaving. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, yep. We'll get to that in a bit because that's, um, that's yep, actually one, one of, of yours. my. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your first high of being single? Mine's really, really superficial. Mine's actually, I love not having to share a bed with someone. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I agree with that totally. Yeah. I love just not having to think about somebody else. And I'm not like a spread eagle bloody sleeper, yeah. but like I just love knowing that I don't have to think about someone like farting in bed, somebody stealing the covers or someone snoring like that one. Yeah. Oh, that one really grinds my gears. So, yeah, I just love the freedom of my own space, essentially. And you've been married. So what's the difference between sleeping with the partner that you're married to to now having the bed to yourself? Well, I don't know. So I have a king-size bed as a single person now. <laughs> I love that. And I had a queen-size bed when I was married. I was like, how the fuck yeah. did I do that? But um, honestly, the difference is... The biggest thing that I noticed is he was like a big snoozer. So like he would have to get up earlier than me, but then would snooze so much that it would just disrupt the shit out of my sleep in the morning. Mm -hmm. So I think that's probably the biggest difference that I've noticed that I'm actually like more energized now in the morning because I'm actually getting to like have a restful sleep and then probably just not getting, yeah, the other thing is probably just somebody coming home drunk. Because, like, we both mm. were in sales roles. So we would go out to, like, events quite a bit at, at night and he would always come home really late at night on a weeknight and then that would just throw my sleeping pattern off as well. Do you know what this also reminds me of? I was watching Sex in the City the other night and Carrie calls it her secret single behaviour. And basically I have my secret single behaviour. I get to do that every night pretty much. And so yes. so I clean and I put I put headphones in and take my iPad around the house mm. and I watch like Law and Order SVU and I Love clean that. everything. And it's just like it relaxes me. And I just feel like if someone else was here, I just don't know how I would behave. You can just do whatever. It's yeah. that secret single behavior. Oh, totally. I, I knew there was a name for it. I was when I was yeah. writing my notes down, actually, I was like, there's a term for it. What is it? That's exactly what it yeah. is. And that's where I saw it too, Sex and the City. But you're right. You don't get to do all of those little things. Cause I feel like looking back to your point about being married, there are still things that I do now that I was doing before I was married that I actually never transitioned into my married life because it is yep. just so single gal behaviors that you just don't ever do in front of anybody else. Mm. So the second one on my list is the possibility and excitement of a first kiss. So when you're like coupled up and you may believe that this person is for the rest of your life, I guess the the possibility of that feeling, the lead up to the first kiss no longer becomes a possibility. And there is nothing sexier or more exciting or more thrilling in life than the moment before the first kiss. I genuinely believe that. And like, yeah. maybe I don't have kids and I don't have those things, but for me, it's just the most exciting moment because yeah, I just, I just love it. It's one of my favorite things in the whole world. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. Like the first kiss or 
the one thing that I missed about dating when I was like taking a break from Hinge and then also just during lockdown was going out to just kiss people. I love just making mm. out with people. It's so Same. fun. <laughs> mm. And like I guess if you are with someone, you're like that butterfly feeling you may never feel that again. And yeah. Yes, there's beautiful feelings in comfort and security and long-term love, but you also have to like remember that as a single person, you get to feel that mm. excitement in the lead mm. up to that first kiss and like don't yeah. take it for granted, I reckon. Oh, totally. And what you're talking about, like that chemical sort of connection yeah. or reaction that you have, the butterflies, right? So my point on my list was similar to yours. So I agree with the whole first kiss scenario, but a little bit maybe controversial, but I actually really love the whole concept of getting to just explore somebody else's body again. Mm, Like, yeah, you know, not necessarily to just like jump into bed with somebody and explore them in that sense, but just that, you know, visceral reaction that you have when you first, you know what I mean? the um hand up the thigh for the first time yes or like the, the little touch on the knee under the table <laughs> yes, oh my I god love that yeah oh my god <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're both on the same page about that the third point for me on the highs was I've gotten to know myself really well and like I'm not always happy I've I've had a really good year, but the last month I've actually, and I told you this, Rav, like I've had a really tough month. So no, Mm. it's not always amazing, but I've gotten to know myself so well and I'm really in tune with what I want in my life. And as a result of that, I'm more in tune with what I want from a relationship. And so like, I'm really glad that I worked this out first before I kind of settled down and I think I'm really ready now because I'm very clear on what I want from my life. And maybe that'll change, but Mm. I'm pretty clear on where my heart is taking me. And I feel like I want to meet someone that's aligned with that. And I don't want to fit into the box that I thought I needed to fit into anymore. And I think that's going to result in a more amazing long-term partner. Yeah. Yeah. I actually had the pretty much exact same point as you for this. Like I was trying to really rack my brain and be like, no, surely I feel a little bit differently about this, but no, like I couldn't agree more. And I also think for me, the biggest thing in this period of being single that I've had since being divorced slash separated is just, you know, I was at that point when we separated where we were talking about having kids Mm. so I had to take myself out of that box that I thought I wanted to be Mm. in which was like having kids right and I think for a good year after that I was still in that mindset of freaking out about how old I was getting and which I'm not that old like let's be honest Mm. but (laughs) sitting there thinking like shit you know the biological clock is ticking But now I'm at the point where I don't even think, like, that's not important to me anymore. Like, if I was to sit there and evaluate if I'm going to have a long-term relationship with someone, whether they do or don't want kids wouldn't be a deal breaker for me. And it's not something that's Mm. in my, like, immediate plan. So, therefore, like, it's not going to be impacting my decisions of who I am going to be with. And it almost just makes me think this needed to happen probably before I met my ex because if I would have done this self-discovery or path to self-discovery, we probably wouldn't have even ended up together because like clearly Mm. we weren't compatible. Yeah. It's almost like people that meet really young, it's also a bit of a gamble because there's a possibility that you grow together or you grow apart. apart. And I think that the alternative, which I think has happened to me, is like I – I've been single for quite a number of years and like I think like I've dated people and whatever, but like I I had to get to a point because I reckon if I just settled for someone in my like mid to late 20s or like mid 20s and I was like, yeah, I'll just settle for this person. I don't know that we would have grown together because I've changed way too much and I want completely different things. And so I'm just not sure what would have happened there. And I mean, you've experienced this. Yeah, yeah. And I think statistically it would show as well that people who Mm. get together later on in life probably end up staying together longer because... I reckon you're right. I I think so as well. Like I am not the same person as I was when I met my ex-husband and I don't think I'm going to be changing as much as I have in the last like, you know, eight years. 
moving forward eight years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like yeah. that big change that happens in people has happened for me now. So yeah, I'll probably still change, but not drastically. Yeah, I'm the same. I think I'm going to still evolve, but there's not yeah. going to be this drastic like, oh my God, I'm actually going to live the life that I want to live, not mm-hmm. live the life society that yeah. are living. Yeah, totally. So the next is probably the most important to me. And this has been a more recent last couple of years. So I feel complete without a relationship. So like anyone that comes into my life now would compliment like compliment my life. I was under the impression in my 20s that a relationship was the completion of your life, but now I'm not under that illusion anymore. I think it complements my life. So like it actually makes me feel more emotionally secure because my happiness isn't dependent on someone else. Mm-hmm. Someone's not going to make me happy. So my emotions feel a bit more like, oh, I'm like quite stable in that sense. Yeah, you're more in control of them because you're not putting them in someone else's hands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get that. And I also think, you know, what you said at the start about feeling like it's something that's meant to complete you. I don't blame you for having that perception (laughs) for so long because like everywhere you go for so long, even still I hear people say this where they're like, this is my other half. It's like, that's not your other half. You're a fucking person on your own. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That really annoys me. It's just so codependent and it pisses me Mm. off when I hear people say that. But, yeah, what we were talking about at the start with your first point around independence, for me, I think the thing that tops it off is probably just having more money for myself. Like I know Mm. that that ties into independence quite a bit, but, again, just reflecting on my marriage and, like, my financial situation when I was married I felt like I had less money in a couple, Mm. like independent money as a couple, even though I was earning more than Mm. I did as a single person. And that I just could not piece together what the hell was going on and why that was happening, even though we had pretty much completely separate financials, like we were just bringing money together. And now it's like I have so much financial freedom. Like I was able to buy a house within, you know, like a year of, not being with him anymore. That's really interesting because that perception would like the perception is that single people spend more money. The perception is also that divorced women always end up in this shitty situation financially. Oh, like I, yeah. I was literally listening yeah. to a podcast at this morning, Mama Mia out loud, and they were actually talking about you know how the narrative around divorced women is changing. Mm-hmm. And one of the comments that was made was stereotypically or like what the norm in air quotes is is that women when they're like divorced are more like disadvantaged financially Mm -hmm. but I can't say that that's been true for me for me it's been the other way around and I think a lot of women would be in the same boat now because we are just becoming more financially independent Mm. yeah oh that's really good to hear yeah so I feel like some really good highs and now onto some lows. We should have probably done this the other way around, but you know what? Let's circle it. back at the end yeah. and we're going to sandwich this. We'll do one of those, you know, when you give constructive criticism to like an employee and you have to sandwich it, positive, <laughs> negative, positive, we're going to do that. Yeah, okay. And I know I know the question I'm going to ask you actually. Okay. So lows. So the first low for me is, and I don't talk about this a lot on here because I like this podcast to be quite positive because I do feel really positive about being single. But sometimes I get this sense that I'm alone in life. I don't get that a lot, but but it will sometimes be like, oh, I am, I'm really alone in life and I don't have that person to share like my innermost thoughts with and I just have to think them and process them myself. I do have a therapist, mm. so <laughs> I do get to share, but that's, that's every once a month I get to share my innermost thoughts. And I do share my innermost thoughts with my friends and my family, but But it's not the same. I don't, I think an intimate relationship with a romantic partner is different to any other relationship. Mm -hmm. And I do feel people that have got good communication skills and vulnerability and all those things, there's definitely that sense that I think that they get to like really share the highs and the lows in life. And so sometimes, sometimes that makes me feel sad. Occasionally I'm like, this is a little bit sad that I don't get to like really share this part of myself with someone that I'm intimate with. Yeah. And I think to expand further on what you said about like, you know, having people around you that you can talk to and stuff, 
Yeah. I think it's different when you've got to pick up the phone and do it. You know what I mean? Like yes. it's, if mm. somebody's just sitting next to you and you can impulsively in that moment have that conversation with them, it's totally different. And like yeah. to your therapist as well, like I see a therapist too, like you said, it's once a month. It's also fucking expensive. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you, know, you, like, have to, you have to pay them, pay to, them listen to listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Whereas if you've got a partner, it's like you can have those conversations with them in the moment and it's just so much more raw and authentic. So, and that's the shit that like bonds people together, whether it's friendships or relationships, right? So I agree with that. I think for me, like expanding on the loneliness factor, I feel all those things that you were talking about, but I also, I think I feel it the most when I go to events. So whether it's mm. like parties or weddings, like a lot of my friends are getting married and stuff now. And I hate not having a plus one sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally get that. Yeah. It's just nice. Like, oh, when, when you're getting ready, like I had a friend who got married in the Hunter Valley in May this year. And, you know, I was in my room on my own getting ready. I was the one that walked onto the bus on my own. And like, I still had a great time and everyone at weddings is so friendly. Like you make friends, but it's just that feeling. And like, you can sometimes notice when people are getting a bit drunk, like that almost like pity look. And it's like, no, it's okay. Mm. Like this isn't forever, but like, yeah, it'd be nice to have someone. Yeah. I, um, I was going to say sometimes like that travel aspect as well. Like I think I love to travel so much And I love traveling solo, but like I also, I think, yeah, I think now that I'm heading overseas next week, sometimes I'm like, oh, it would also be really nice to like be able to share that with someone and to like go on an Mm. adventure with someone. Mm -hmm. But, um, oh my God, you're going next week. That's so quick. Yeah. Yeah. That's coming out quick. (laughs) I'll have already been gone by this time this episode comes out. Yeah. So the next one on my list is, Sometimes, and we, this is the conversation that you and I had at the cafe. I like find that it makes me question myself sometimes. Mm -hmm. Obviously, like the last month, I've actually gone through like a pretty tough period. I feel like I've had no purpose, no direction. I've stopped dating because I was just getting really sick of it and I wasn't really connecting with enough people. And so I've had this kind of like low period. And I think that I've said to myself, what's wrong with me? Like when I do question boxes and people are like, oh my God, I was single for two minutes and then I met my soulmate. And I, And I see so much of it on Instagram that it affects my self-esteem. And I actually say like, but what's wrong with me? Why can't Mm. I meet someone? Everyone else seems to just be like, bang, met my soulmate. And I think it creeps up on me usually when I'm feeling low and I'm not dating a lot and I'm not like having a lot of fun dating. And then I start to think that because I can't be fucked going out and meeting someone. So I'm like, oh, yeah, you know. To that though, and I can't remember if I said this to you when we were talking about it at the cafe, but when you hear people or read people saying things like that to you, like it's all well and good that that's where they're at, right? But like if you would have spoken to me like seven years ago, mm-hmm. I would have said the same thing to you. But fast yeah. forward five years or seven yeah. years now and I'm bloody two years divorced, you know what I mean? So I feel like when people are in that euphoric stage, they just want to fucking scream it from the mountaintops, right? They're like, yeah, I found my soulmate. But you never really know what's – and look, I hope they stay together, whoever these people yeah. are. But you just never know, right? Like so I think what we have to take away from that is you just can't compare where somebody else is at in their journey. As hard as it is because I, I know what you mean. I feel that way all the time, especially like one of my closest friends, Ella, I feel like she you know, has had lots of relationships and she's spoken about sometimes like how quickly she's found the next person. Yeah. And it is difficult sometimes to not sit there and be like, well, shit, like, why can't that be me? Right. But I just think everyone's on their own journey and we just can't compare. Yeah. And I, and I said this to you, which I want to say, like, just to be honest, and actually a guy said this to me not long ago, like a guy I was seeing, he was like, you are complicated. And then sometimes I think, am I too much to take on? And he didn't say it in a bad way. He actually said it as a compliment. Like, I like that about you. But then Mm. I think the rejection that you feel and like the, the constant judgment that you get from the dating world, it does start to, you can't help. I have a very, like, I have a strong sense of self and I have good self-esteem. Like, I think I have high self-esteem, but you actually can't avoid that feeling. And I'm sure married people feel that as well. Like, I don't think this is just exclusively for single people, but I do think the dating world doesn't help. Yeah, but I think, you know what it all boils down to at the end? I think for 
all of us, like it just boils down to ego. Mm. When when that happens, I think 90% of the time it's our ego because if you really stop and think about it with situations where we get turned down like on a daily basis if you think about it, you know what I mean? Like if you're working, <gasps> yeah, I'm in sales. I, I get turned down all the time yet I never, I don't take that personally. I don't let it affect me. I don't think mm. about it for longer than like five seconds half the time. But when it's something like dating, I think because we put ourselves out there so much, so much of it is aesthetic or, you know, Mm. if you do have really high self-esteem, it's like I think we just look for reasons to blame ourselves, which if Mm. you're happy with the way that you look and everything, then sometimes people will start picking apart their personality and I just don't think that's what it's about. I feel like at the end of the day, it just comes down to something being a good fit at the right time. Mm. I think that's all it is and we just really need to get out of our heads and stop taking it so personally because I think that's where like the ego part comes into it and we all just need to get better at that. Mm. Yeah. So what's next on your list? I think for me it's similar to you like where it comes to like that feeling of maybe not feeling good enough. I think what I tend to do though which is a big low for me is I've struggled a lot with my weight most of my life it's always been up and down. And whenever something doesn't work out and from a dating perspective, I always find a way to make it about my physical appearance. And it's not just about sitting there and beating yourself up about it. I find I'll start then restricting myself. Like I'll be like, okay, I'm not going to go back on the dating apps until I'm at X weight or X Mm. size. And it's like, I don't want to be putting my life on hold because of dumb shit like that. You know what I mean? I just think it comes down to being content with who you are as a person, whether that's physical, your personality, whatever your Mm. demons are, like we've all just got to come to the table and be like, this is me. If you don't like it, that's fine. There'll be someone else. So I like used to be in the exact position that you were in. I thought rejection was like about the way that I looked. It's so weird now that mine's flipped to like, I sometimes think that I'm just too stuck in my ways now and I'm a lot to, like, I feel sometimes I'm a lot to take on. I've got some weird sleeping habits and I don't sleep well and I want to try, like, I feel like I'm too rigid and there's something about my personality. It's like the same as what you're saying about your body, but it's more about intrinsically who I am. Will someone accept me exactly the way that I am? And sometimes I doubt that. Okay, so the, uh, and I think this is what we were talking about at the cafe because I, I feel yeah, like this yeah, is exactly what we were talking about. Uh, look, I, I get it. I get those like demons mm. that sort of like eat away at you. But all I've got to say to that is I'm a very like statistical person. That is statistically impossible. Like it is impossible <laughs> for there not to be somebody who is going to accept you for that. And I don't think you should be sitting yeah. there like picking that apart because. Not to be like your therapist, but it's like, why wouldn't somebody like that? You know what I mean? It's like your family loves you. There's like how many people around you that are loving you and accepting you for that? The only difference is that they're just not physically intimate with you like a partner would be. Otherwise, they accept you for you. So if there's that many people around you who accept you for you, that other person is going to be out there on a romantic level. Like it's physically, it's impossible for it not to be. I do believe that because after, like, I know I talk about Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox a lot, but when she said that she had to hide parts of herself with her previous partners and when she met him, it was like a reflection of her soul and she was able to just, like, open the box of who she really was. I genuinely believe that's out there for me. I'm just waiting now because you do have to be patient in a sense that, like, that kind of connection doesn't just happen every day because it's not mediocre mediocre is easy yeah Yeah. (laughs) that is the quote of the podcast Rav I absolutely love that so the next one for me is and this is more about being single in your 30s I'm turning 33 and the age thing has become a bit of an issue I think because people think and guys think particularly like if you're dating men that like I'm desperate to meet someone and settle down and I think that it makes it harder to meet someone like-minded because I find that guys are either, and I don't know whether this is just me generalizing, but they seem to be either looking for something casual or they're looking to settle down and there doesn't seem to be something in between, which is like, let's connect and have fun, but can we connect on a deeper level than just having sex? Yeah, and I think this is where 
dating apps have just screwed up this whole process. Like I I was trying to find Mm. a more delicate way to say it, but that's what it is because it's it's the same as like Uber Eats and stuff, right? Like you've got things at your fingertips. Everything's really, really impulsive. Mm -hmm. So people just- Transactional. Exactly. Yeah. Transactional. Great word for it. So I just feel like that has just warped people where maybe if they were in the middle, like you said, they were more inclined to stay there because it's like there was no alternative. It was like you, if you want a relationship Mm. or you want a connection, you've kind of got to be a little bit open to either or. Whereas now it's like the apps have made it so easy for them to be part of one group or the other. So no one hovers in the middle. And you want to meet the people in the middle. I I agree with you there. (laughs) See where it goes. Like I like hanging out with someone and getting to know someone, Mm. not because we necessarily have to have a relationship, but because I just want to hang out, like I'm going, I am going to the movies with this guy tomorrow night. It's not really a sex thing, but it's not a relationship and it's not going in that direction. But like, that's what I want. And it's so hard to find something in the middle that's not super serious and is not just sex. That is really challenging, I find, in your 30s. And you know what's crazy? I think the funniest thing is like that men seem to think if you do come across someone who is of like the middle category, I feel like they think we're tricking them, like that we're not like that. (laughs) And it's like, no, 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 this is actually. No, 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 seriously. Yeah. I'm going traveling next year. Yeah. yeah, Like Like, I do just want to see how it goes. I'm not looking for either or. Like let's just see how it goes. And it's crazy because I feel like before all the dating apps came about, that used to be the line that everyone would give you. It would be like, let's just see how it goes if you'd like ask them what they're looking for. Whereas now it's like so blatant. Like the next thing on my list actually ties into that is also similar to the dating apps. And it's, so I've just gone back on them like last week. I know when you were doing Mm -hmm. the whole dating challenge thing, you and I were chatting and I just wasn't up to it. Like I wasn't in a good place then. So now I was like, you know what? Things have opened up again. I'm just going to like see what's happening on there. I felt like I was in a more positive mindset. So anyway. Overall, I'm having like a pretty positive experience, but the micro rejections are real. And like, Mm. I hate when it's even somebody that you actually don't even care. It's not going to work out with. Like I was talking to this guy actually today and he straight up was just like, what are you doing tonight? Which I was like, you know what? I'm actually trying to stop spending days on end chatting to people. So if you just want to go and catch up for like a drink or a coffee real quick, happy to do that. Told him I was like going to be busy this afternoon chatting with you and you know like let's catch up later for a drink and he's just like yeah I'll come around to yours I was like you're not coming to my oh. house yeah straight oh, up I know that's so frustrating and I said yeah. that I was like you're not coming to my house and he's just like yeah well you can come to mine then and I was like no I was like I just laughed and I was like you know what we're not looking for the same thing yeah he unmatched me straight away I already knew that like it was going down that path yeah. but the fact that he unmatched me I was just like yeah You know what I mean? So that I hate because it's like even though you know people aren't right for you or they're not compatible, you still get like you feel that sting of rejection. You do. You can't help it. And I look, my next point was similar is modern dating. Modern dating is dating apps. Let's be real. That's how people date now. It is frustrating and exhausting. And I just think the rejection, which you can't avoid if you're on dating apps, it can be really tough on your Mm self-esteem. Hence why the last, so the last month, because I have been feeling just flat, I was like, I can't take on top of feeling flat. I can't take the rejection on dating apps, which is why I've stopped going on dating apps. Yeah, I've been on a few dates with a guy that I was already kind of had been on a few dates with before. So like I haven't not been dating whatsoever, but I think dating apps is is just a new level of rejection in dating and it can be really tough on people. And anyone listening that's single would know that. Yeah. And I think I don't think that aspect of it is healthy and I can't mm. wait. Like I reckon in five years' time, the studies that are going to be out about <laughs> this sort of thing, I can't wait to read them. <laughs> Yeah, totally. It's going to be really eye-opening. But anyway, what's your – so what – is that your last one? That was my last one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, look, I think my last one, not to end it on like a negative note. No, I've got a question for a positive note. So we'll go to the – Okay, okay. Yeah, so we can go negative. All right. So I would never admit this to any of my friends because I love all of my friends that are in relationships and I love their partners, whether they're guys or girls, and – 
all of that aside, I still can't help but feel resentful and I hate that about myself. Like there are times where I will look at them and what they have and I feel really, really resentful for like mm. a microsecond and then I snap myself out of it. But it's so there. true. I'm not deny it. Yeah. I, I will 100% agree with that, that that resentment creeps in every now and then and you don't want to feel it, but you do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So I reckon that's my last one, but overall, like we said at the start, it's just not our time yet. <laughs> yeah. So that brings me to the final question, which this is just off the top of my head. So I feel like we've come out of lockdowns and freedom is back. Like, what are you most excited about being single for next year? Like what makes you really excited about the prospect of being single next year? So for me, it's just meeting a lot more people in person. And that's like a combination of traveling because we can Mm. travel again. So I'm super excited about going traveling for work for personal reasons. I've got a lot of stuff in the books for, for that as well in 2022. Just started a new job, which means I've met a whole bunch of new people. And it's funny because I was just talking to my mom about this today. She was asking me if I had been dating and I was just like, oh, not really. Like I wouldn't call it that. But I said to her, like, I'm just more excited about like being exposed to more people through other people that you meet. That's the whole point of expanding your network, not necessarily to find a date, but like just the connections that you form with people, right? So Mm. I'm super excited about that aspect of it from a dating lens, just to be open to meeting so many new people in person and maybe taking a step back from the dating apps, if I'm being honest. Mm. Yeah, so I'm the same on taking a step back from the dating app. So like I'm obviously going overseas and I plan to basically next year, like I've got probably, I've got like enough work that's remote, like I've got remote work coming up. And so like I just want to like travel. I'm actually, of all the things in dating that I'm bad at, the one thing that I'm good at is holiday romances. Like I'm actually, I think because my energy shifts so much when I'm traveling and I'm just in such a relaxed place and it's like feminine energy and like I slip into that and I'm not stressed out and I just have the best time traveling and having holiday romances. I find with traveling people tend to meet in person as well. Like there's lots of Mm -hmm. flirting in person. I just can't wait for that. I can't wait for that moment when you're like on the beach, you start chatting to someone really cute and you're like, I'm kissing you later. I just (laughs) love that feeling. (laughs) Because Like you just know in your heart of hearts that there's eyes on the prize. Do you know what I mean? Because it's when you date in real life, it's so different when you meet someone from a dating app at a bar. This is like real chemistry. You are assessing the chemistry in real time. Yeah. It's so exhilarating. I love it. And it's so different to meeting someone in person in a bar. Like because if you meet them in a bar, I just think it for some reason it's just coated with like CD vibes. Yeah. But it's not like that when you're on holiday. It's like it honestly just reminds me of movies. Like it's that movie vibe. So actually I have a story. I remember this so vividly. I was in Bali and I went to this party. I actually wasn't drinking. I was like at this party and I was dancing with my sister and this guy kept looking at me and I kept looking at him. And I remember like we started chatting and then all of a sudden, like, I think I leaned in to kiss him. I was like sober. And (laughs) so him and I then went to another party together. And then basically the next day I was walking along the beach and this guy stopped me on the beach, a different guy. He was like, I saw you at the party last night with that other guy. And he was like, I couldn't stop staring at you. (laughs) So him and I, (laughs) we spent the whole day together. I remember we were like making out on his motorbike. We were just like leaning up against his motorbike. It was just wild. Like I felt like that would never happen in Melbourne or in Sydney. I feel like I feel like I need to come out, come and hang out with Holiday Hannah. I'm going to come and meet you when you're on your little vacay away. I'm going to come and like hijack it for a bit. That sounds so fun. Yeah. And that stuff happens to me like every holiday. Like it never happens to me in Melbourne ever, mm. but it always happens on holidays. Look, I, I can't say that I've experienced too much of that because <laughs> unfortunately every time I've been on a holiday, it's been always with a, been with a guy. So that's maybe something really for you to explore because you'll- That's what I'm never, excited about. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I've, I've got so many solo trips coming up next year for like weddings and stuff yes. and then like work trips. And I'm just like- really excited to like bunk on 
So I think the key with holiday romances is because you're in the same place, like if you go to like mm-hmm. young areas where there's a bit of partying and whatever, the key is you see someone on the first day, you make eyes with them, but the best part about it is that you know you'll see them again. Whereas yeah. if you're like out in the city or whatever and you see someone, you never see them again. Exactly. Yeah. So. Oh, my God. Speaking of, oh, yes. my God, I've got a story to tell you about that. So I went out on not last weekend, the weekend before, and we were at this place called Baxter's Inn for any of our Sydney listeners. Like mm-hmm. they will know where this is. It's a really famous whiskey bar. Anyway, there was a guy there. He was so hot. We were like sitting at the bar and he like walked up beside me to order a drink and rubbed shoulders against me. And I like looked over and I had to crane my neck to look at him. He was so tall. Yeah. Just real manly man. And you know, yeah. we, like s- same situation, like just kept making eyes. Yes. And I was like, whatever, never going to see this guy again. Two days later, I'm in a totally different bar with work people and he walks in and we did it again. It was like we both clicked and we were like, oh, my God, I have seen this guy before. (laughs) Still haven't spoken to him, though. (laughs) See, if you're on holidays, I feel like this confidence takes over you because you're not in your city. So you just like don't care as much. You don't care. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. But yeah. yeah, I feel like you might see him again. That's the universe. I always think the universe does that. Look, if I see him for a third time, you I will make to the speak move. to him. Yeah, 100%. Well, this was, I loved this. I hope for everyone listening, it's obviously not all roses being single, but I feel like with anything, there's like the ups and downs. And I think with married people and with people in long-term relationships, there's ups and downs too. And I feel like it's really important to remember particularly around the freedom stuff. I just love that quote that I did with another interview. Shaney Silver said, like, you'll never be as free as you are right now. And I just mm-hmm. feel like go and live that free single life in 2022. Amen. And make lots of eyes. With lots of- <laughs> <laughs> and make the first move. Don't do what I did. <laughs> I cannot wait. I can't wait to get off dating apps and be making eyes in person. Yeah, love it. Well, thank you, Rav. Hopefully we can do this again soon. Thanks for having me. It was so fun. What did you think, Linda? So the highs and lows of single life, and I was thinking, what about the highs and lows of couple life? (laughs) And Rav said that she, being single now, is enjoying not sharing a bed with someone. Well, I've got two words for her, king singles. (laughs) And what I've discovered after a long marriage is one of the lows is, and all my kids will agree with me, is bickering. Yes. And uh, none of you like it. I actually, I I walk out. You walk I'm like, off. I'm not dealing. I walk off. I'm like, nah. We've never been arguers and I think this late life bickering is just all a bit of a shock. So the worst I've been thinking about it, the worst bickering is definitely in the car. Have you been in the car with us? Yes, I have. Rob is a very, very bad passenger seat driver. So he actually directs my every move to the point where sometimes I'm actually, I've dumbed down so much, I'm just waiting for his directions. I've, I've lost track of what I'm doing. And I told him the other day, for fuck's sake I have been driving since I've been 18 I know how to get Uh. around Richmond and then we have our going for a walk issue I like local he likes to drive to a different Uh. suburb Uh, I like an urban walk looking at the houses he likes bushland and then there's the supermarket bickering I like fresh food and I have to try to stop him buying anything in a packet. And then if things are on special, he will buy too many of that item and we just don't have the room for it. So he loves cans of refried beans and beetroot. So I find I go to the cupboard and we've got like 10 cans of everything. But uh, there's one thing we always have to agree on and that's what we're going to watch at night. We don't do, some couples do this where they go into separate rooms. We never do that. We always sit together. We always agree on what to eat for dinner and we always agree that whoever wakes up first gets me a coffee. So that means he, that, that's him then gets the coffee? Yes. It Well, he's usually yeah. up first at, at you know, six. And I was up at eight today. I don't know. I slept forever. And just one of, I didn't really have the highs because it's all really a high, but one of the really low (laughs) lows, and we've talked about Rob and travel in the days before internet. 
where he liked yes. to turn up to a place and search around in person for the best deal. And he actually enjoyed yep. the process, me not so much. Anyway, we went to <laughs> India for the first time in 1998 and we got to Udaipur, which like most cities is hot and bustling. We started. Udaipur is beautiful. Beautiful. It's on the lake. It's on the lake. So we started looking around and there wasn't in those days an enormous amount of accommodation and I was just yeah. getting more and more stressed and annoyed. So Rob said, I think you need a gin and tonic. I don't know why I didn't even drink them. So we sat down at a bar and, of course, you know what happened. I burst into tears. So oh. he knew he had pushed me beyond my limits. So he gets me to wait yeah. with my G&T so that he can sort out a hotel. So 45 minutes of me waiting, getting madder and madder, he comes back and he's secured a room at the Lake Palace by talking them into letting him which go. Which is where? Which is where? We, the Lake Palace is where Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie stayed, if you want to just Google oh, it. It's amazing. Lucky them. So he talked them into letting him go over on the boat, which normally you can't do without a booking. Then he negotiated the best deal he could. They were a little bit quiet at that time. And we had three <laughs> amazing days there. Was it worth it? Yes. And it really has been a life highlight. And he always said when things worked out, and they pretty much always did, would I let you down? No, Rob, you've never let me down. Aww. So <laughs> yeah. lows always turn into highs. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and then I didn't... <laughs> I didn't have all my, well, yeah, as I said, everything's been a high. Well, that is us for this week. Probably if you follow me on Instagram, you'll be following all of my Thailand adventures on there. I've been getting like hundreds of messages, people just living for these stories. Like I didn't realize how much people were like craving travel content. But not only that, no one knew. No one knew there were so many people no, away. Like yeah, you looked at that yeah. party and went, what? All these people are in Thailand? I know. And guys, do you know Do you know how many hot guys are in Thailand? I didn't know where to look. I literally didn't know where to look. <laughs> they were all stunning, stunning. Anyway, so if you want to come to Thailand, I'll be here. So hit me up if you are heading this way. But otherwise, we'll see you in two weeks. You make me want to come. I know. Well, you, I invited you, Linda. It's not too late to come. I just, I'm too scared. You would have had to have done. You would have had to do all my paperwork. <laughs> I can do all your paperwork. I said I would oh, do your okay. paperwork. Tempting. Yeah, Tempting. if you want to come in Jan Feb, you let you let us know. Okay. Ruby and I will be here. You'll still be there. Okay. Yeah, I'll still be here. All right, everyone. We will see you in two weeks. If you made it this far, I'm hoping that you enjoyed the podcast. If you could subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review, that would be much appreciated. It really helps other people find the podcast. Not that I'm desperate or anything. 